0: And you're on right now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo50 Radio Network and streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at now Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. website is jimdalls.com and you can call in and leave a voicemail for me at 772-245-0750 that number again 772-245-0750 Well, I'm sorry I had to be off the air yesterday. I had a family health issue to deal with. It took longer than expected and was not able to get to the microphone. And I regret that I uh, missed one of the most, uh, the anniversary of one of the most, if maybe even the most momentous achievement in the history of this nation, the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. It was uh, July 16th, 1969. I think they uh, they uh, launched at a little after 9 a.m. I remember it um, pretty well. I was uh, sitting in the living room, actually uh, laying on the floor in the living room of my grandfather's house in uh, northeastern um, Mississippi. We used to go there every summer uh, to help on his farm. And, um, and we watched uh, the coverage of that for the next four days uh, while they um, launched, uh, orbited the moon, sat down on the moon, uh, left the moon, re, um, re-docked with the landing craft, and then uh, returned to Earth. It was, uh, it was really quite an astounding feat and we watched it on a, a little uh you know 21 or 24 inch black and white tube TV that was in the corner of my my uh, grandparents living room all the neighbors that did not have TV yet or did not have the aerial you know to to get the kind of coverage uh, were were over uh, watching it as well and uh my my grandparents and um my great-grandmother was there as well, who my great-grandmother was actually alive to see the uh, the dawn of human flight. And they were just having a very difficult time wrapping their minds around the, the reality that humans had flown to and landed upon the moon. And to this day, there are people that believe the whole thing was a hoax staged on sound sets in Hollywood and uh, and just uh, still can't believe it. And you could argue that uh, that was the apex of American greatness. That was when we overcame the uh, the most difficult challenges and used our ingenuity and determination and our free enterprise system in order to achieve uh, what was you know had been unimaginable. And this, you know, they did this uh, with with less computing power than people carry around in their pockets now, literally. You have more computing power in a smartphone than NASA had the ability. That a lot of their calculations were done on punch cards. They had the, uh, you know, calc- uh, the computing power of something akin to a, an old 386 computer with a hundred and or with 640 kilobytes of RAM and a couple of megabyte hard drives. Um, And yet they were able to pull this off with slide rules and electromagnetic switches. And, uh, And although the Apollo missions went back to the moon several times, you can make the argument that we've yet to achieve anything as uh, staggering as the moon landing certainly we haven't colonized the moon that would have seemed to have been the next logical step to me is to establish colonies on the moon uh yeah the space station and the uh the shuttle program was uh was amazing but that that was an interim step that we really haven't built upon the mission to mars is still sort of mired down and uh in bureaucracy and, and red tape and NASA is uh, trying to turn over, uh, you know, the bulk of its, uh, lift capacity to private enterprise who are doing amazing things, but, uh, not anything like, you know, a, a national project, uh, to, uh, to get to the, to get to Mars. And uh, President Trump has, you know, made noises that uh, it it makes more sense to return to the moon and do these asteroid landings as an interim step to Mars. But uh, again, we we can't seem to get our mojo back. So I was looking forward yesterday doing this uh, uh, show. Uh, I certainly cannot do the moon landing justice on on my little radio show with uh, my limited production capacity, but I want to play some extended clips um you know from CBS News and Walter Cronkite who was covering this he was he was the voice of the nation at the time and uh and then we will get to the um you know the the more dispiriting activity of our government yesterday in the United States House of Representatives where they spent the whole day trying to determine whether or not Well, I don't even want to get into it now. We'll just start um, on this coverage of the Apollo 11 moon landing, and then we'll get to the, uh, you know what I'm talking about, what went down in the House of Representatives yesterday. So here we go.
1: But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our
2: goal? It's T minus one hour, 29 minutes, and 53 seconds, and counting. And they may well ask, why climb
1: the highest mountain?
2: Apollo 11 astronauts Armstrong, Aldrin, and Collins are to lift off on the voyage man always has dreamed about.
1: We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon.
2: appears to be the most difficult, most dangerous mission ever attempted since this country and the Russians started sending men
0: into space. This was John Kennedy in 1961 making the stunning announcement that by the end of the decade of the 1960s, the United States would land a human on the moon and return him safely to Earth. It was a stunning um, uh, goal for the country, but the country was up to the challenge and, in fact, uh, achieved it. Sadly, Kennedy did not live to see it. He was assassinated uh, in 1963, and uh, the NASA Space Center at Cape Canaveral was renamed uh, the Kennedy Space Center in his honor. And uh, But yet, uh, just a mere eight years later, Apollo 11 uh, lifted off. That and here's Neil Armstrong.
2: That I encountered could have ended in a disastrous manner. You hope that everything you've learned and your training will prevent you from bumping into one of those catastrophes, but it's a roll of the dice.
0: It was Neil Armstrong. Edwin Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins that launched from Kennedy Space Center,
2: radiating from the rocket like a fan of humanity, the most people ever to watch a space launch. History was here. History observed in shirt sleeves and bikinis. You
3: know, what? I just got a chill in my body, like. Mm.
2: There's a reverential feeling in the crowd out here. A lot of people wiping tears away. The safety of those three frail mortals in that craft that has, has vanished in the skies. What a moment! Man on the way to the moon.
4: Be a great place to go out on a date, wouldn't it?
0: Eleven. Uh, you got a pretty big audience. It's live in the U. S. It's going live to Japan, Western Europe, and much of South America. Appreciate the great show.
2: Altitude 1,600. Alden and Armstrong are ready to put the lunar module down on the surface of the moon. 700, down. The descent to the surface is a very complex operation. OK, all flight controllers, gonna go for landing. Retro. Go. 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 Control. Go. Talcom. I had every right to expect that something wouldn't quite go right, and we would have to abort.
3: the
5: guys
0: about to turn blue we're breathing again What? <laughs> <Boy. laughs> the eruption of pride I remember it well was, was amazing that was when it was great to be an American we all shared a, a, the same purpose we all shared a faith I don't
3: think the world has ever been more together
0: in our future the dawn of this day
2: heralded the dawning of a new age with the first steps on the moon, man's strides across the universe really begin. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for
0: mankind. It really was a giant leap, and it's, uh, it can be argued that we haven't uh, adequately followed up on that leap. Um, the space program has gone on, but as our capabilities uh, have grown greater our uh, our reach has diminished and uh it, you know we've had setbacks in the Challenger mission and others um, that are to be expected. There were setbacks prior to Apollo with the uh the disastrous uh, Gemini mission. But um, right now, the space program is bogged down in uh, government waste, in uh, red tape, and bureaucracy. And despite the fact that we've got bigger budgets and, and more technology, we we don't seem to be able to get our mojo back and achieve the kind of things that the Apollo uh, missions accomplished. So I would hope that, uh, you know, in the interim, while we're talking about going to Mars, uh, we could go ahead and return to the moon. These uh, these moon missions at this point ought to be routine. We should have colonized the moon and set up a space station on the moon long ago. We should be well uh, along the way of um, establishing ecosystems. On the the moon that would allow us to colonize the moon. But we're not. And it's, I would argue, because of a lack of vision, a lack of determination, and a loss of confidence. Because in the aftermath of the Vietnam War and the civil rights movement, uh, the country has has become more fragmented. Mm. Anti-American forces have gained a foothold and... And uh, reprioritized um, American achievement, and uh, and you've got no greater illustration of that than this uh, this recent fight uh, between the so-called squad, a group of uh, anti-American cultural Marxists, that have embedded themselves in leadership, despite having just arrived in Congress less than a year ago of one of the two major parties of this country and the president of the United States uh, probably said some intemperate things on Twitter. There's no doubt about it, but they were certainly deserved, well-deserved by these uh, these women that constantly disparage uh, this nation and try to sabotage its success, that are truly um, enemies of America. And I was, I got to say, I was proud of the GOP yesterday, where the, uh, the GOP caucus in the House of Representatives basically gave notice that the days of being bullied and silenced by these trumped-up, bogus charges of racism from these radical Marxists is over. That that uh, that whole flim-flam, that whole scam has been uh, worn out at this point. And the Democrats, uh, you know, forced this vote in the House of Representatives to condemn the president uh, for uh, racist statements. There was nothing racist about them. There was no mention of race. in these these tweets that told uh, these uh, these four obviously American-hating Marxists that call themselves the squad that if you're not happy with this country, you can leave. There are places uh, that you may feel more at home. And the left-wing media, you know, determined to, uh, to fan the, um, the flames of this cultural Marxist trope, immediately declared that that was racist. He didn't mention anything about race or superiority or anything that uh, fits in any sort of definition of racism. If these people were white, he would have said the exact same thing to him. He said worse things to white people. So I was proud that uh, only four of these spineless uh, Republicans caved to this uh, blackmail and this bullying by the, you know, the, the Marxist Democrats who use charges of racism as a club to beat people over the head with. And now I would suggest that what they need to do is move on and and go on offense the House Republicans need to take to the floor of the House at every opportunity and repeatedly ask Omar and Talib and AOC and Presley why they stubbornly refuse to condemn Antifa and their most recent terrorist attack on that ice center in Tacoma, Washington, and why they steadfastly refuse to condemn Islamic terrorism. You've got uh, you've got efforts repeatedly to try to get these uh, these people on record um, rejecting Antifa, and they steadfastly refuse to do so. I've got a, a sort of a, a montage here of of reporters from alternative media uh, approaching these uh, these members of the squad and uh, and trying to get them to condemn this most recent attack on Antifa and uh, and they refuse to do it.
5: The United States is running concentration camps on our
0: southern. This starts out with uh, with uh, uh, these these charges that uh, the United States uh, is running concentration camps and. Border or a bunch of Nazis, and these were the uh, the same exact um, statements that the terrorists that attacked the ICE center in Tacoma, Washington, included in his manifesto. Now, if you had turned the tables and there had been a, a right-wing terrorist quoting any Republican When carrying out terrorist attacks and this guy attempted to blow up a large propane tank that would have resulted in a huge explosion that would have killed scores, if not hundreds of people. If you'd had this terrorist quoting a Republican, it would have been front page news. They would have been hounding this Republican to. Uh. To refute this and to withdraw their comments. But because it was a bunch of Marxists that have been st- making these statements about Nazis in concentration camps that prompted this terrorist attack, the media have been largely silent. Back to this clip
5: The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border, never again doing something. If this organization is as fascist as you have called it, and you have said it's fascist, then why don't you uh, adopt the stance to eliminate it? Your colleague who was at the border with you compared the facilities to a concentration camp. Do you agree with that comparison? Absolutely. You will
4: see the light, and if you
5: don't, we will... A car in the parking lot was torched, and investigators say the suspect threw flares at a propane tank, trying to make it explode.
1: They took down an American flag and a Colorado state flag, and instead, as you see in some of this video, they raised a Mexican flag.
5: We are learning new details about the man who threw explosive devices at an immigration detention center in Tacoma, Washington.
1: Will you condemn
5: Antifa for attacking an ICE facility? Will you condemn the Antifa attack in Washington over the weekend? Will you condemn Antifa for the attack in Washington?
3: The United States.
0: If, this, if the tables had been turned on this uh, particular event, uh, the the media would have absolutely been melting down and hounding these uh, these um, squad members for them to repudiate this, and yet the media showed no interest. You recall, it wasn't that long ago that the media uh, went on a a two-day condemnation of Catholic schoolboys, one of whom they didn't like the look on his face as this old um, man beat a drum in his face. And they vilified these uh, these boys and uh, and made them out to be some sort of uh, you know neo Nazis when the the whole narrative that they put together was uh, was a lie to begin with. Compare that to the news blackout that's occurred because this Antifa domestic terrorist attempted to blow up an ice facility that would have killed scores of people. While quoting members of the United States Congress, it's unbelievable. They have they, there was almost no mention of it whatsoever. The the media is it doesn't fit their narrative. Jesse Waters on uh, on the Five yesterday said that the the mainstream media is not in the business of reporting the news. They're in the business of reporting the narrative. He just nailed it on that. They're not interested in the news. They're not interested in truth anymore. They're reporting a narrative. They're trying to win an argument. They don't care about facts, or reality. And you've got Ilhan Omar, who ap- actually, in the news conference, where they were you know, demanding that the president be impeached, steadfastly refused to condemn al-qaeda or islamic terrorism and this is a continuation she's been doing this for a long time although she's argued you know for leniency for people who tried to join uh, islamic terror organizations she refuses to condemn those organizations
3: Can you respond to some of the president's specific claims, most notably that you're
4: a communist and that you're pro Al-Qaeda? You might have noticed how when he said go back to where you came from, there was an uproar um, through the... um, through all of our communities because every single person who's brown and black at some point in their life in this country heard that. Now, when he made the comment, uh, I know that every single Muslim who has lived in this country and across the world has heard that comment. And so
5: I will not dignify it with an answer. Can you respond
0: to... How difficult is it to condemn Al-Qaeda and ISIS, but she can't bring herself to do it, and the media shows no interest in that whatsoever? Tells you all you need to know. We'll be right back after these two messages on right now.
1: When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is... Hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit amazon.com hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
5: Whether you're moving in together for the first time,
0: And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised that the House GOP caucus held together yesterday, and with the exception of four cowardly conservatives, stood up against these bogus charges of racism and gave notice that, uh, you know, the, the days of just folding our tents and collapsing and and uh, and turning on each other, is over. Now it's time to go on the offense. It's time for the Republicans to specifically condemn, as a caucus, Ocasio-Cortez for inciting this domestic terrorist attack on this uh, ICE facility in Tacoma, Washington. It's time to do that. It's time for the Republicans to call out Nancy Pelosi for her illegal statements, aiding and abetting fugitives from justice when she was instructing illegal aliens on how to avoid and evade arrest by ICE. That needs to happen. And it needs to happen as a group. The days of voting, the uh, Republicans voting to condemn their own while giving a pass to the Democrats, that needs to be over with. The Republicans in the past have been willing to condemn their own, but not the Democrats. And of course, the Democrats have been willing to condemn the Republicans, too, but not themselves. Those we, we need to turn the page on that. You remember it hasn't been that long ago since they censored Steve King and stripped him of his committee assignments for simply saying in a New York Times interview, when did Western civilization become a bad word? Those days have got to be over. And I took heart yesterday when Liz Cheney um, tweeted out, Democrat leaders in the House may be afraid of their socialist squad, but the GOP isn't. We know America is the greatest, strongest, most free nation in the history of the world, and we will never stop fighting the communist wing of the Democrat Party. God bless America, she says. Absolutely. Absolutely damn lutely There's no doubt at all. I mean, I don't know what the news media needs to see to know that these people are, in fact, communists. I like to use the term Marxist because that's that's the real ideology that they worship. They worship this American brand of Marxism that is out of Chicago that, uh, you know, Barack Obama grew up in. So, you know, they're out there trying to smear anybody that uh, that doesn't condemn the president's tweets as racists, despite the fact that there was nothing in his tweet that was actually racist in any way it was simply that the the target happened to be uh marxists that were not white and so in the cultural marxist rule book you're not allowed to criticize people that aren't white and if you do that is by definition racism and that's the playbook that they and their their, um, their supporters in the media are pursuing, well, we need to pursue a similar tact. It is quite clear that Omar and Talib and AOC and Presley and many other members of the Democratic caucus hate America. They're anti-American. So we need to turn the tables and say that if you support these, these people, the squad, you're anti-American, and you're an uh, American hate monger, too. And we need to uh, to call all of the Democrats to uh, put them on notice of, of uh, rejecting these statements. And it's, uh, you know, it seems like at long last, people are starting to get it. CNN had, um, you know, carried on days and days of nonstop pursuing this uh, this narrative that uh, somehow these tweets were racist and that, uh, you know, it was just without question. And if you don't condemn the president, you're a racist. So they drug some Republican women from, uh, from the Dallas area on, and they were determined to smear them. And to their great credit, the Republican women were having none of it.
1: Next year, vote, next year, voters are, of course, going to have their say. So we were curious whether the president's base was still behind him, particularly his female supporters. Did any object to his racist attack on the four female lawmakers? Or is it all just politics, as Mike said earlier?
0: Notice how they're trying to pry women away from the Republican Party. They feel like the women uh, will be more uh, uh, subject to these um, bullying tactics of calling you a racist if you don't agree with them and so they're trying to peel off the women and at least these uh, these
1: women from texas aren't having it supporters did any object to his racist attack on the four female lawmakers or is it all just politics as mike said earlier 360's randy k spoke with some of them in dallas
5: how many of you don't think what the president said was racist? Raise your hand. These eight Republicans don't see anything wrong with President Trump telling four Democratic congresswomen to go back where they came from. He was saying that if they hate America so much because what we're
3: seeing out of them and hearing out of them, they hate America. If it's so bad, there's a lot of places they can go. I'm a brown-skinned woman. I am a legal immigrant. I agree with him. Yeah. I don't think that's racist to say no. that. Not, not at all. Well, no. Actually, I think that's I, just, no. it's just—it's a demonstration of how their ideology spills over, even though they're American now, so to speak. They're not acting American. They- I'm glad that the president said what he said because all they're, they're doing is. It, they're, they're, it's, they're inciting hatred
5: and division, and that's not what our country's about. We, it, it's, it's not about that at all, and but I don't— Isn't that what the president does with some of his own comments, his own racist comments? But he didn't say anything about color. We know the president is not—
0: It wasn't a racist comment. Just because they continue to beat the drum that it was a racist comment doesn't change reality that he didn't mention anything about race
3: racist. He, he loves people from, you know, Hispanics to black
5: people all across the board. Let me just share with you the definition
0: of this. Is, this is good right here. She's going to share this reporter for CNN is going to share their definition of racist and uh, somehow imply that it, it uh, def- des- describes what the president tweeted out and it has absolutely nothing to do with it. It in fact proves the point that there was nothing racist about these tweets at all.
5: The board. Let me just share with you the definition of racism from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Mm-hmm. A belief that race is the primary determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. Based on that definition, do you not think what the president has been saying? No. to these No, people? Oh, he racism. dated a black woman for that's two that's years. It. Two of his wives are immigrants. He is not a xenophobic racist. But the first black billionaire is endorsing President Trump. Yeah. how can you call him racist so these congressmen these congressmen who said they ran for congress ran for office because they explicitly love this country you're saying that's a lie so yes yeah you're saying they hate this country yes
3: whoever wrote these questions up it's claiming that they're very manipulative to
0: accuse i love how this woman uh, pushes right back on the reporter whoever wrote these questions is uh, is very manipulative and is using this as a tactic
3: so yes. So, yeah. yeah lot you're lot saying they hate this country. Yes. You ever wrote these questions up, it's clearly that they're very manipulative to yep. accuse... As a, in, in, instead of extracting the truth. It's a tactic. Because when you it say, is. you know, don't you think he's racist? You're accusing us. You're accusing him. But I'm asking. I'm not accusing.
0: Oh, you I'm most certainly accusing. are accusing.
3: What what you think? <laughs> oh, we Okay, it's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the real issue. It has nothing to do with the premise of the issues here. Exactly. Nothing. And whenever it's someone... American- the color it's of the
5: floor Why do you keep bringing it up? Do you think it's just a coincidence that yes. these four congresswomen that the president is going after, none of them are
0: white. Oh my god, do you think it's just a coincidence that none of them are white? It's because they have formed a group that doesn't have any white people in it that is stridently anti American and Marxist. And and they're using this uh this cultural Marxist rule book, you're not allowed to uh criticize us if we're not white. And if you do, you're a racist. So we get to say whatever we want to, no matter how vile and disgusting and if you respond, you're a racist. Pretty neat little trick that they've come up with.
5: These four congresswomen that the president is going after, none of them are white. Yes, These four are going after him. ideology. Exactly. I don't think it matters. Yeah. It's idiotic well, if also what they're matters, saying. It so it doesn't matter whether they're white, man, woman, brown, yellow, anything. I wish that there but was a
3: white one that they, they um, why are they not racist? How come they haven't befriended one of their white <laughs>
5: Female congresswomen colleagues and let yeah, her join because they won't. That's a good point. They right. don't
0: like white people. Come on. <laughs> how many of you still? Play <laughs> oh my God! People are starting to wake absolutely. up to this this little scam. in Dallas. That these uh next year, that, that, that next year voters. They're waking up to this bull. People have figured it out. You're not going to pull the okey doke on them anymore. Republicans have. The the veil has been dropped. Because if you're stupid enough to keep falling for this cultural Marxist identity scam, you get what you deserve. It was funny watching this go down in the House of Representatives yesterday because Nancy Pelosi really showed that uh, she was under such pressure that uh, she can't navigate the rules of the House of Representatives. So she went on the floor of the House and uh, called the president a racist. Now, she's been in the House of Representatives for 30-something years now. You would think that she would be familiar with the rule that bars uh, members from uh, disparaging other members of the president of the United States. And specifically cites that you can't call each other or the president a racist. And uh, and when challenged by Doug Collins of Georgia, great new congressman from Georgia, she claimed that she had had a pre-approval from the the House parliamentarian to make that statement. So he challenged her, wanted a ruling from the parliamentarian, and uh, and the ruling came back that yes, in fact, she had violated the rules of the House, and she was supposed to have stayed. While this ruling was made, but she left. She left the house, the floor of the House of Representatives, and um, and the uh, gavel was turned over to one of the junior members. I think it was. Oh, I can't remember his name, but it was a, a, a one of the junior black members of the Democratic Caucus. And when the parliamentarian made his ruling, he actually left the chair. And left the uh, the session without anybody in charge, which is the first time anybody, including historians of the House of Representatives, ever remember this happening. And so this went on for hours and hours with Nancy Pelosi gone, and uh, the Democrats not being able to control the chamber, when finally Steny Hoyer, the number two in the Democrat leadership took the gavel and confirmed that yes, Nancy Pelosi had violated the rules of the house and proceeded to have a series of votes on whether or not to strike her comments from the record. And despite the fact that these, uh, these comments have violated the rules, the Democrats would not vote to strike them from the record. And they finally got around to this vote to condemn the president for making racist comments. Now, you know they're trying to make out like this is some huge development. The truth of the matter is this was not a censure. This just was a condemn a resolution condemning the president's comments and Although you know many presidents in the past have been censured by the House of Representatives, this was pretty much a party line vote. It was four Republicans, squishy Republicans that voted along with the Democrats, and it means nothing it just tells us what we already knew and that that's the, the Democrat party is an organization that is uh, driven and defined by identity politics. So Nancy made a fool of herself. They caved to this, um, the squad of Marxist, uh, freshman Congresswomen. And, um, I don't think it's you know, necessarily negative development at all. If they want Omar and Talib and Cortez and Presley to be the face of the Democrat Party, they could not have done a better job of it than what they did yesterday. And uh and the Dem- and the GOP is in a position now to just hammer them on it. You had uh Al Green this Geico caveman looking representative from Texas introduced articles of impeachment yesterday, despite the fact that Nancy Pelosi has forbid him to do so. So she's completely lost control of the caucus and they're going to go as far left as they possibly can. I love it. So I've got some uh, uh, a clip here for you. This, this just points out. Another uh, of these uh, these squad members, Ilhan Omar, not only has she argued for leniency for uh, you know in, uh, to people who had tried to join ISIS, not only does she refuse to condemn Islamic terrorism, not only does she laugh about the attacks of 9 11 and minimize them, and some people did something. She's engaged in tax fraud and immigration fraud because it's becoming quite clear that she married her brother so that he could immigrate to the country while she was already married, by the way, to another man. So she's committed bigger, big of me. I don't know. I don't know if marrying your brother would be considered incest, but certainly uh, immigration fraud. And tax fraud because she filed tax returns that uh, that conflicted with her marriage to her brother, and this was a group out of Minnesota called Alpha News that put together this compilation on this whole issue.
5: Minnesota Democrats, media, and the Department of Justice have continually ignored strong evidence supporting the fact that Ilhan Omar may be directly involved in tax, marriage, and immigration fraud. In
0: 2002, Omar married Ahmed Hersey in a religious ceremony. Hersey is the father of Omar's three children, and is pictured often with Omar and their children on their campaign website. In
3: 2016, Minnesota journalist Scott Johnson received a tip about a post from a Somali community website containing marriage certificates alleging Omar married her brother, Elmi, in February 2009 in order for him to immigrate to the U.S. legally, despite the facts she'd been married to the father of her children
4: the over a decade.
3: This clearly proved that any such second marriage might be bigamous under Minnesota law as well as fraudulent.
5: Later in August 2016, further investigations into legal documents and filings in Minnesota by journalist Priya Samsandar uncovered evidence supporting the allegation that Ilhan Omar married her brother, Ahmed Nursed Elmi, in 2009.
3: The 2009 marriage license to Elmi lists the same address as one filed for a Minnesota business three months later in May 2009 for a one-to-one
5: cafe by Hersey the father of omar's three children that means ilhan omar was living with both her real husband hersey while still married to her brother elmi
3: high school record evidence also support the claim that elmi is indeed her brother and graduated in 2003 from arlington senior high school in st paul minnesota with enrollment records that state he was born april 4th 1985 the same ...birth date listed on Omar's 2009 marriage certificate to Elmi.
0: So apparently the House Democrats are not interested in this at all. They're not interested in the fact that uh, one of their their new leaders, their thought leaders in the Democrat Party, one of the key members of the squad, has engaged in immigration fraud... Married her brother at the same time refusing to condemn Islamic terrorism. But she will, ha- she will tell you, and she did so as recently as last week, that she loves this country more than you do and that she is a better American.
4: Something that I, I get criticized for all the time. It's not what you think, so don't. like. <laughs> Don't gasp. Um, it is that like, I, I am anti American because I, I criticize the, the United States. And I, I, I believe, as an immigrant, I probably love this country more than anyone that is naturally born. And because.
0: Did you get that? She loves the country more than anybody. That's naturally born. Never mind the fact that she condemns it all the time, that she tries to destroy our border protections, that she supports terrorists that attack this country and minimizes the worst terrorist attack on our soil in history. She loves the country more than you. You just keep that in mind.
4: And because I am ashamed of... It continuing to live in its its
0: hypocrisy. You see, she loves the country more than you because she's ashamed of the country because it's hypocritical. That's why she loves the country more than you. This is the Marxist ideology. I am a great person because I am more moral than you because you are morally retarded.
4: I I I believe, as an immigrant, I probably love this country more than anyone that is naturally born. And because I am ashamed of it continuing to live in its the hypocr- its hypocrisy, that I work so hard to make sure that others who've had. Um, That, like, why just be American. Why don't you be more like an American? Can continue to say that. Why can't you be more like an American? Because it it used to be a very positive thing. Um,
0: It used to be a positive thing to be an American, but apparently not any longer now that Ilhan Omar is here from Mogadishu to set us all straight. It's hard to really keep track of her mental processes, which I'm not surprised because they are scrambled and wholly dictated by this Marxist ideology, but just try to keep up.
4: American, why don't you be more like an American can continue to say that. Why can't you be more like an American? Because it it used to be a very positive thing. Um, We export American exceptionalism, the great America, the land of liberty and justice that is... You know if you ask anybody in uh, walking on the side of the street somewhere in the middle of the world they will tell you America the great but we don't live those values here um, and so that hypocrisy is one that I'm bothered by I want America the great to be America the great
0: oh I'm so something
4: that I, I get
0: so glad that Ilhan Omar arrived here from Mogadishu to set us all straight and to Make America live up to uh, to to uh, repudiate its hypocrisy and admit that uh, that it's not as great as as people think it is. Yeah, it's really quite amazing that the Democrats have adopted this as uh, these people as their standard bearer. You know, the the person that uh, led this news conference the other day against the president was uh, Ayanna Presley. She is a representative from Minnesota. She, too, is a freshman. And um, she wants to accuse the president of racism, although he didn't say anything about race, didn't talk about people's skin color, didn't talk about superiority or anything of the sort. Well, here's a little clip of Ayanna Presley saying that if you're a certain skin color, you are required to share her opinion. Otherwise, you need to sit down and shut up.
3: If you are not prepared to come to that table and to represent that voice, don't come. Because we don't need any more brown. This don't want to be a brown voice. We don't need black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't need Muslims that don't want to be a Muslim voice. We don't need queers that don't want to be a queer voice. Come
0: on, That is the very definition of racism what you heard right there. That is racism. She's she's telling people that based on their skin color and other immutable characteristics that they're required to have to share her opinion, and if they don't, they need to sit down and shut up. You do not have a seat at this table, man. Oh man, the the Republicans need to put together a thirty minute infomercial and buy TV time all across the country, and really, uh, really just put together a montage of this squad that the Democrat Party went to bat for. It was only last week that they were calling Nancy Pelosi a racist. They've determined that Joe Biden is a racist. Anybody that disagrees with them or resists their inexorable march toward Marxism is a racist. And it's just unbelievable that the big media outlets in this country are falling for all of this. I'm going to play you this clip one more time so you can just internalize it. This is somebody that's calling the rest of us racists.
3: If you are not prepared to come to that table and to represent that voice, don't come. Because we don't need any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. We don't need black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't need Muslims that don't want to be a Muslim voice. We don't need queers voice if you are not prepared to come to that same
0: <laughs> sorry about that i'm having some technical difficulties today unbelievable Mm-mm-mm. so if the if the gop can't win this battle of ideologies against this group of marxists then really they they really do need to just uh throw in the towel this is too easy man the democrats have been hijacked the party has been hijacked joe biden will not be the nominate nominee for their uh their candidate for president i don't believe that most um minorities or non-white people are going to support this uh this march toward Marxism that they want to take us on. And, um, you know, the social media is trying to organize uh, to keep the president from winning. The entire mainstream media is trying to spin up this narrative, but it is so full of lies and hypocrisy that it, uh, it really is not that difficult to push back on. And that's what we do right here every day, every weekday. And we'll continue to do it right up and uh, through this, uh, this next election. Next up is uh, the battle for impeachment of the president. And we'll keep you updated on that as well. Want to thank you for joining us today and I invite you back here again tomorrow for another edition of of Right Now on the Mojo 5.0 radio network.
1: When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit amazon.com slash hyundai, or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is...